Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community. Our goal is to give a voice to the nonprofits in our community who are doing great things by helping others and making a big impact. Our hope is that we'll inspire you today so you can go out and do the same. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. I want our listeners to close their eyes, unless you're driving, of course, and think about the words of your favorite Christmas carol. Now, I know it's not Christmas yet. I don't mean to jump the gun, but before you know it, the stores are going to be decked out with Christmas trees and holiday paraphernalia, and there'll be Christmas carols playing on the radio. So this is not so far-fetched, and I'm one of those people that likes to hear Christmas carols playing on the, on the radio right about Halloween time or right after. So just the thought of Christmas carols can send my mind to a place of peace and comfort. Um, we can all use some of that right about now. When I first heard about our first nonprofit guest today, my mind immediately went to a particularly famous Christmas carol. In fact, one in ten adults who have a favorite Christmas carol named this song their top pick. It was written in 1816 by a young Austrian priest, and it was first performed on Christmas Eve in 1818. It tells the story of a calm and bright, silent evening and the wonder of a tender and mild newborn child who slept peacefully. It has been named the most popular Christmas song in America, or at least in many people's minds, one of the top ten. And it's sung around the world in more than 300 different languages. The song, Silent Night. Our first nonprofit guest today, Michael Prudham, Chapter President of Sleep in Heavenly Peace, whose mission is to end child bedlessness and ensure that no child sleeps on the floor in our town. Welcome to the show today, Mike. Thank you, Jill. What a beautiful picture to paint of a quiet, calm, maybe even snow gently falling evening with a child tucked all warm and cozy in their bed, sleeping in heavenly peace. What a visual, right? That's the ideal. Why don't you tell us about your national organization that answers this call to a national problem? There is a huge problem with bedlessness in our country, actually in the world. The stats that I've most recently seen said 2 to 3% of the children in your city don't have a bed to sleep in at night. They sleep in a pile of clothes. They sleep on air mattresses. They curl up four to five people in mom's and dad's bed. It's just not conducive to getting a good night's sleep. It's not that sleep in heavenly peace well, idea, right? Definitely right? not. Hmm. Hmm. So what we do is we build, manually build and provide beds to kids between the ages of 3 and 17 who don't have a proper bed. And a proper bed could be that the bed is broken, they don't have a bed. One of the young kids that we gave a bed to was 5 years old and still sleeping in a crib because that's what they had at the house. Hmm. So there's a lot of different ways of not being in the right place at night to get a good night's sleep. 
And if you don't get a good night's sleep, how can you do well in school? How can you do well socially? Life is just hard enough without having a bed to sleep in. And aside from that, a bed is a place of refuge for people. I know I, I suffer from depression, and sometimes just going and laying in bed is, is the best cure, the best next step. And if you don't have that, if you don't have that ownership of a bed, how do you cope? Mm. We try to fix that. How did you get started building the beds for Sleep in, Heaven, Sleep in Heavenly Peace, you specifically? Me specifically. In 2017, I was given early retirement by the company I worked for, and I was looking for something to do. In February of 2018, I saw a show on the Internet called Returning the Favor with Mike Rowe, who was the host of Dirty Jobs. He would go around looking for what he called bloody do-gooders, highlight their organizations, and help them out. In February, the organization they highlighted was Sleep in Heavenly Peace in Twin Falls, Idaho. And I watched that show, and I was unemployed at the time. I needed something to do. I called my best buddy up, and I said, Hey, Wayne, you want to go and build beds for kids who don't have them? And he said yes, and little did we know what we were getting ourselves into. Hmm. Hmm. And that's where it all started. The journey started. Well, how much of a demand is there for beds in Racine and Kenosha specifically? Well, since the first time we built beds, which was June of 2018, we have distributed almost 800 beds in the city of the cities of Racine and Kenosha. I have a waiting list that was just over 100 beds long. Hmm. This Saturday, we delivered 25 beds to five houses. And what is nice and scary at the same time is as people see others getting beds, they say, you know, how did you end up with those beds? Sure. And they tell them. So we delivered beds to five households and got seven requests for, from seven new households. We delivered 25 beds and added 19 to our list. Mm. So it's a never-ending cycle, and it is a much bigger problem than... I ever dreamed it was. I figured we'd build 10, 15 beds and we'd be done. Yeah. And here we are 800 beds later and still going strong. And it's like so many things, unless it's brought to your attention. You know, the awareness is you're oblivious. That's true. Yeah. Do you ever get requests for beds from outside your area? All the time. I get requests from Milwaukee on a regular basis. There is no chapter in Milwaukee. Milwaukee's big enough for three or four chapters, and and we don't have a presence there. I've gotten requests from Green Bay. I've gotten requests from Janesville. Just all over the state, I've gotten requests. The good news is that we now have 16 chapters in Wisconsin. So there are there is good coverage throughout the state, and there are people uh, building beds in a lot of places. The problem is Milwaukee, our biggest city, doesn't have a chapter. Madison has one. They could probably use two or three there as well. So what we need is people who have heard this go, I can run an organization, I can build beds, I can help, and we'll get you started on a chapter in Milwaukee. Mm. And again, there's need everywhere, but if you think about the population in Milwaukee, you know, the homelessness population or families that are struggling or at or below the poverty level. And 
Uh, there's probably a lot of families, a lot of children that don't have beds, and so um, maybe that would be something uh, some of our listeners uh, today might be able to to help with. Um, so you said that there are 16 chapters in Wisconsin. Where where are they all located? Uh, they're scattered throughout the state. There's one in Green Bay. There's one in Madison. There's one in Waukesha County. There's us in Racine County. There seems to be a great deal of desire to help out in the western state. Hmm. The Eau Claire area. The western counties? Three, yeah, three or four chapters yeah, okay. right right there in the, in the same general area, which is nice because then they can work together. We, we share tools. We share knowledge. We share bodies. So um, it's nice to have somebody else close by. Absolutely. Well, and just want to give a shout out to the Waukesha chapter, um, which is located in Heartland. And the chapter president there is Tim Colhane. Yes. Yeah. So because we uh, at Ellen Becker Investment Group are in the Waukesha County area, we want to make sure that people are aware that they can reach out there. Or if we have some listeners that are down in Racine, Kenosha, they can reach out to, to Mike. So we obviously think that getting the community engaged is an important way to support our nonprofit sector. Stay tuned to learn how you can get involved in supporting the important mission of Sleep in Heavenly Peace. We'll be right back after commercial break. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Michael Prudham from Sleep in Heavenly Peace. So our show is not only about highlighting great nonprofits and the work that they do in the community, but also about the community getting involved and giving back. So how is Sleep in Heavenly Peace engaging with the community to help with your mission? Well, that's a very good question. When I first started this, I thought my buddy and I would build some beds, and then I found out that they wanted you to have a chapter, and they wanted you to have a chapter because they wanted you to involve the community. It got struck home to me at an expo we were doing in Kenosha where a family came up to us. They were in a booth just down the, the row from us. They came up to us pretty much individually and all were very interested in what we do. And the mom came up and, and she said, how can I help? And I said, what do you like to do? And she goes, I love to cook. And I said, well, in a week and a half, we're having a bed build in Kenosha. You want to make lunch for the people who are volunteering? She made the best pasta dish with Italian bread, corn, salad, mm. desserts, and brought it to us and served it to the staff. Then, two days later, I got a note from, and her kids, by the way, were all there involved in helping build the beds or serve the food. Two or three days later, I got a note from her thanking me for giving them the opportunity to serve. And I think that was the first time that it really struck home to me that people are out there who want to do something and they just don't know what it is. And so we give them that tool. We've worked with many different churches. We've worked with uh, Daybreak Church in Kenosha has done what they call scatter days 
and that's after service on Sunday. They go out and do service projects. They deliver beds for us. The same thing with uh, Great Lakes Church in Kenosha and Racine have come down. They have fundraised for us. They've built beds for us, and they've delivered beds for us. They're coming in November to do another mass delivery. So there's a lot of things we can do. Jockey International sponsored a 100-bed build at their facility in Kenosha. They had their employees had a half day off of work to come outside in January. We did not plan this very well. It was quite, the first day we did it, we did it two successive Fridays. And the first Friday we did it was temperate. And the second Friday we did it, it was very, very cool. <laughs> but we got 100 beds built. Mm. And then they came and helped us deliver them a couple weeks later. So there's lots of things that people can do. Companies, individuals, churches. If you have something to do, we can help. And who would have thought that this woman that is right next to you at this event who had a love of cooking could have helped in some way? You know, one might say, well, I, I, don't, I don't know how I can help you because I can't build beds or I, I don't have the, uh, the opportunity to help you deliver the beds, but I can sure cook. And so you took her up on that offer, right? So well, We did. We'll take you up on any offers. We have, had, we have groups of quilters who built, make quilts for us. We have people who make the um, fleece blankets for the beds. So we have lots of people that help. Right now, I got a phone call yesterday from a gentleman who's worked with us before. His daughter wants us to be her Eagle Scout project. Oh. And he's come up. He's designed... We, we use jigs to build everything so that everything's built the same way and well. And he redesigned our jig and built one for us that we tested out. It works beautifully. So she's going to oversee raising funds for and building additional jigs for our chapter as her Eagle Scout project. We've already had a, a young man who did his Eagle Scout project by hosting a fun run that raised money, but part of the admission cost was to bring bedding. And so we filled a trailer up with bedding, and he ran a, a running event in Kenosha during COVID using appropriately spaced stations and people with masks on, and, and it was well-run, well-received, and just an awesome, awesome experience um, to work with, with a young man who had that much oomph for this project. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, 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 we can use all kinds of help. Well, where does the wood come from? Trees. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> uh, one of our natural sponsors is Lowe's. Okay. And we have a very good relationship with the Lowe's in Kenosha. Uh, they've discounted all of our tools. They discount our wood. Uh, they usually provide free delivery for our wood to the build site. How nice. Um, the build site is Bain Nelson Construction. They have, before we even started, he heard about us through a newspaper article, and Brian called up and said, I have a place you might be able to use to build your beds. I think he was offering it as a one-time deal. Um, three years later, we haven't left. He's now on my board, so it's going to be harder for him to throw us out. <laughs> Well, you kind of talked a little bit about it before, but how can individuals and companies help fill the needs that you have? Let's revisit that. So if there's somebody listening 
that um, would just like to help in some way. Again, you you alluded to that before, and it's very true that so many people have a heart to serve. They just don't know where to start and with whom. So what are some ways that individuals and companies can help with what you need at Sleep in Heavenly Peace? First and foremost, we use volunteers to build the beds. Now, I've had ladies that are in their 60s and 70s who have come and helped and said, the only thing you need to do this is the ability to stand. Mm. We will teach you how to use the tools. We have all the tools. Everything is set up in an assembly line fashion so that it's very straightforward. You don't have to think a lot to do it. We have jigs and, and taps and stuff that puts everything right where it's supposed to be. The other thing that we have is we right now have 100 kids on our waiting list. I have 100 beds and 100 mattresses ready to go. Hmm. And this last weekend, we delivered 25 beds. The only reason we only delivered 25 was because I only had four crews that could help. Yeah. And you have so to set them up too, right? We take them yeah. in. We assemble them. We put the mattresses on. We make them. When we leave, the kids can. Actually, the kids have gone to bed while we were still there. Mm. On a Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, to watch two kids crawl up into their into their beds and pull their covers up was just mm. an amazing sight. I had to tell the mom that, that that'll wear off. They won't always go to bed that easily. <laughs> but they have a new bed, they and did. then they're able to sleep in heavenly peace. I love the name. I mean, it just gives you such a visual, right? I think you would you would mention that um, you know anybody can can do anything from building the beds to delivering the beds to making some of the uh, uh, the comforters that go on the beds to serving food. I think you said it currently costs about $200 to build and deliver a bed complete with mattress and bedding. So people can volunteer $200 and know that this is, this is for all of those things for a child. I think it would make a great Christmas gift or a family project or even a, a company project. So lots of uh, neat things that are going on there for a great cause. Mike, do you have any final words that you want to leave with our audience today before we close your segment? Well, we can always use help. And if you're interested in helping, please reach out. You can reach out to me at Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, period, Prudhom, P-R-U-D-H-O-M, at shpbeds.org. You can call me at 262-497-6488. And we would be glad, I'd be glad to answer any questions you have. You can check us out on shpbeds.org. And Facebook is SHP Beds Racine Kenosha. Okay. So any of those places you can find us, please give us a call. And if you want to start a chapter in Milwaukee. Really looking for someone to step up in that regard. I, I, I I would do whatever I could to help you become successful at that. Very good. Very good. Well, a great cause, uh, a great name for your nonprofit because it really gives people a visual. Uh, So the next time you're listening to the Christmas Carol Silent Night, you might remember some of the information about that carol that I mentioned at the beginning, and you might also want to help in some way to help a child sleep in heavenly peace. So check them out on the Internet or on, on Facebook. Go to their website. Give Mike a call. Uh, see if there's some way that you can reach out and help. So thank you for being with us today, Mike. Thank you for having me. 
You're welcome. And we talk all the time about the importance of corporate sponsorships and partnerships, both at a local level as well as national and in some cases globally. Stay tuned because in our next segment, we're going to learn about an international company who is sponsoring Sleep in Heavenly Peace, partnering with them to help them accomplish their mission in their own backyard in the city where their home office is located. So stay tuned and we'll be back in a moment. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. My next guest today is Jake McGee, who is the CPO, the Chief Philanthropic Officer from Jockey International. Jockey partners with Michael and Sleep in Heavenly Peace to make the beds for the kids. So welcome to the show today, Jake. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Thank you. We're glad that you're here. So I know my role as a director of community outreach is somewhat unusual, certainly for a financial firm. And I don't think there's too many companies out there that have a CPO. So tell us about your role at Jockey and how you landed there. Yeah, so I came to Kenosha a little over 10 years ago now, and I actually... My first career, my first life was working in minor league baseball. So we started a franchise in Kenosha called the Kenosha Kingfish. And a big part of my job was to sell sponsorships and sell tickets and get to know the community. And Jockey was one of our partners uh, when I was at the baseball team. So after a few years working at the baseball team, I uh, met a lot of our board members and a lot of the corporate sponsors in town were involved with our Boys and Girls Club of Kenosha. So after a few years in the baseball world, I ended up becoming our CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of Kenosha. And again, was calling on Jockey and many other companies to support our cause. You know, I loved every minute of the Boys and Girls Club and you know Great knew, organization. Yeah. You just it's such a cool feeling to go to work every day feeling like you're having an impact on someone's life. And absolutely you know, I always made the joke. I was I was actually meeting with Jockey because it was right during the time uh, when the pandemic first hit and kids didn't have a place to go to school. Jockey was actually looking to sponsor a classroom for kids to go to. Oh. And, you know, it ended up not being a need in our town based on some of the decisions our school district made. And shortly after that, Jockey said, you know, we want to get, you know, we've been in the community for a long time. But we, as many of you know, went through a, a tough, challenging year in Kenosha with a lot of the civil unrest. And, um, you know, Jockey's been here for a long time and has always been giving back, but said, we want to do more. And would you consider being the person to head that for us? And mm-hmm. you know, I made the joke to them that I think they were just tired of me begging for money because <laughs> the baseball team, I was trying to get them to sponsor us at the Boys and Girls Club. <laughs> I was always calling them. They were, you know, they were just a, one of the companies that's a staple in our community, extremely generous and someone you could count on. And I think that's what made it so appealing for me was to work for people that I knew were good people that wanted to give back. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I here, say the same here. You know, you work for good people; it makes it easy to to do what you do, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I when I heard from them, hey, we want to do this. It wasn't like I were hearing it for the first time. I've witnessed it, so I knew they, I knew what they meant, and it's been really fun to um, be in the role that I'm in. Mm. Well, as as the person deciding on what initiatives Jackie would like to support, what made this particular project with Sleep in Heavenly Peace stand out to you? 
Well, I had started, you know, actually in winter, which we'll get to a little bit. And I know Michael referenced it on his segment. But, you know, we as a company decided instead of a Christmas party this year, let's find a way to give back to our community. And it was actually a funny story. I started Googling some things. I go to Great Lakes Church, who is also a sponsor of Sleep in Heavenly Peace. And I'd seen that our organization had done um, something with Michael and Sleep in Heavenly Peace. And I said, well, that would be really cool to do at Jockey. So I got all excited and fired up and presented the idea to our, our manager, or to, to the owner, and said, this is going to be great. We, you know, we can do it on site. And little did I know, there was a little sawdust that came along with the build. <laughs> so I'm walking Michael through saying, hey, this is the area I picked out. And it was our cafeteria. Oh. <laughs> he's like, you, he's like, I don't want you to lose your job quite yet. We got to come up with an alternative. So, you know, it was the middle of winter. We had to get creative. We had heated tents. We had, you know, the first day was bearable. The next day was barely above zero. But it was really... From our side of things, one, it just sounded like such a, a an, an important need in our community that's been through a lot. We had we couldn't believe when we heard there were over 100 kids in our hometown that were sleeping on the floor or sleeping on an air mattress and definitely weren't getting a good night of sleep. I'm a father of a five-month-old, and I'm not getting a lot of sleep, and I know, uh, <laughs> I know what I'm like those days. So, I mean, it, no one's at their best, and it was just a situation that we could all get behind as a company. It's something we still talk about, and I would just echo that it was a true partnership. You know, Michael and his team were there every step of the way from ordering the boards to coordinating how many cuts we have with our maintenance guys. It was just an overall partnership that had our company feeling good and you know, it's, it's something we definitely hope to do again in the future. Mm. Well, what did, what did that experience mean to your employees? It said it was a feel-good event, um, which is wonderful. But, like, how many people were there, and what did you end up yielding in terms of beds? Yeah, I think one of the, one of the cool things about Jockey is that they actually pay us for 40 hours a year to actually go out and do volunteer activities. So, you know, we've had people go on a mission trip, and they'll have, you know, a lot of companies, you want to go do that, you have to take your own personal vacation right, time. Right. Jockey says, you're doing good. We'll let you go do that, and we're going to pay you to do it during that time. And 40 hours, that's that's really something. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, I feel like one of my jobs is to help find opportunities for those employees that are going to be satisfying and um, fun things to do. So, I mean, we took over 116 volunteers. I think we put in over 500 volunteer hours collectively. My favorite stat was there were 2,700 pieces of wood that were cut. And we, at that time, had eliminated the wait list in our town. And, you know, just to see the employees get out and be a part of this, you know, I, I remember, you know, our our facility in Jockey's actually been around for nearly 150 years. And we're in a part of town that was right by a lot of the civil unrest. We're in a part of town that is a lower income part of the community. If you look outside of my office, you know, the average household income on that street's 18000 per year. Mm. So we knew a lot of these beds were going to kids that were right, right by us. Yeah. During our build, there was a big tent and 116 crazy people outside when it was zero, <laughs> barely above zero. So we got some attention, and a family came up to our employees across the street while we were doing the bed build and asked if they could get a bed for their kids. Mm. So I think it was just those types of stories of impact that were – traveling around our building for a long time and you know we still have photos up 
posted at our, our office. It, it was just a, a day that brought a lot of pride to our company, but was really, really impactful to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. just fulfilling so, for, for everybody that participated, I imagine. It Most. was better than a Christmas party. We'll say that. Uh, there you go. That's a great idea, really. I mean, to turn that around and, and use it for uh, outreach purposes. You know, it sounds like you do a lot to support your local community with, with Jackie being headquartered in Kenosha, as you say. Why is giving back uh, so important to your company? Yeah, I, I always just say that it's it's what we're founded on. It's in our DNA. I think, you know, we're a clothing company, and we take pride in comfort, quality, and fit are some of our taglines. Our company was actually founded by a reverend who had parishioners coming to his church that were lumberjacks who were passing away because of low-quality socks. So Jockey wasn't the underwear company it is today. Originally, it was a sock company. You know, that a, a small company in Kenosha that was trying to help people in their community. So we were, we were founded in, on trying to give back. I don't think at that time, 154 years ago, that reverend thought Jockey would become what it is today. But we've always wanted to give back, and we always will. Hmm. I did not know that, that you started out as a sock company. That's an interesting piece of trivia. I would have had a better luck being a sock model than an underwear model. <laughs> What are some of the other ways your organization has given back then? And and do you only focus on Kenosha? We do a ton of nationwide efforts. And, I mean, anytime there's a need in our community, we want to step up and be a part of that solution. So, you know, we, during the pandemic, we stopped some of our production lines and did gowns for the hospitals. Um, we've provided clothing and outfits to, you know, uh, to the Army during wars. And most recently, we... Um, you know, everyone is made aware of uh, the Afghani crisis. We're donating to Fort McCoy and we're donating to, you know, Haitian refugees who have been displaced by earthquakes. It's just we have a heart for providing comfort. And, you know, you wish you could say yes to everything. I think that's right. the hardest part of my yeah. job is yeah. the amount of requests that come across. But we we want to give back and we always will try to do that. Well, it's a great example of uh, humanitarian and community efforts uh, that's done by Jackie. You you also focus, Jackie International also focuses on another cause in particular. Uh, coming up after the break, we're going to learn more about that uh, when Jake reveals a little bit more. So we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. And in our last segment, I am talking with Jake McGee, CPO of Jackie International. So we said before the break that Jackie supports a number of humanitarian and community efforts, but there's one area in particular that you focus on. Uh, you want to tell us more about that? Yeah, I think we're really unique in that we're an international company, but we actually have our own 501c3 too. So our owner, um, Jackie's still a privately held company. So yes, in fact, Deborah Waller, our owner of Jackie International, was adopted herself and with the heart of giving back, decided she wanted to make a 501c3. And we have our own foundation called Jockey Being Family. And it specifically focuses on the post-adoption side of things. So I think many people, rightfully so, 
think of adoptions as a ultimately positive thing, and they they definitely are, but there's a lot more that goes into it than that. And our foundation primarily focuses on the post-adoption side of it to make sure that, you know, once the child is adopted, it's successful. And isn't there a stat that says nearly one in 10 adoptions fail? Yeah, and I think it, it is nationwide. One in 10 adoptions fail, and that's because a lot of people, although they may have parented other kids or uh, think they might be ready for this situation, kids that have been given up for adoption, a lot of them come from tough backgrounds and have behavioral um, challenges that come with that, that if you haven't been trained on dealing with some of those things, it's really tough. I mean, a lot of kids that come from uh, come and get adopted come from neglect or abuse or, you know, to no fault of their own, were a part of uh, alcohol abuse prior to being born. And there's a lot of different behavioral issues and things that come with this that parents aren't ready for. And we partner with a lot of different organizations and we do a lot of our own programming to try to help make sure that adoptions don't fail. Deborah's quote is that one adoption failed is one too many. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, as you said, many, probably most people think adoptions uh, as a, a happy thing, and, and that is indeed true, but it's more complex than that. So you talked about that you have some different programs. What are, what are some of the programs that you support? So 15 years ago, we started a, a backpack program in Wisconsin where we partner with judges and adoption agencies and local groups. And when a kid gets adopted, we actually send them their own blanket or their own backpack filled with a custom blanket, a teddy bear, their own initials on it. And then in addition to that, a parent tote that has a ton of different resources. So nice. we, and we partner with nationwide nonprofits and feature post-adoption podcasts, webinars, um, all sorts of material that's provided in that backpack. We started in Wisconsin 15 years ago and had just over 1,000 backpacks distributed. Um, we're now up over 10,000 each year oh nationwide. Wow. So we're giving backpacks to adoptions in Florida that take place. That and wonderful? it's all um, out of our distribution center, part of our business. So you get adopted, you partner with the judge uh, and an agency, and we'll send your actually entire family uh, not just the kid that was adopted, but the other kids in the family too, a backpack. And I think it, you know, it's kind of a small thing, but just seeing their initials on it with their new last name and being given something that's theirs goes a really long way and means a lot to them. Yeah, so I bet. that's, that's fantastic. You know, the backpack program is big. It's something that we actually program. Um, but one of the bigger decisions I make every day is choosing how to fund a lot of leading expert partners from across the country who provide the podcasts, who provide the webinars, who provide the radio shows. You know, even locally here in Milwaukee, we partner with UWM and we've trained over 200 people who have gone through um, a therapy type of program to become adoption competent therapists. Because what we had found is a lot of times if parents who were struggling with their kid who had trauma or neglect or problems would go see a therapist and the therapists weren't equipped to answer those mm. and address those problems. So we helped train therapists and have done over 200 of them at UW Milwaukee to become adoption competent. So, you know, I think we just do a ton of things across the country, a ton of things in our local community. And 
really enjoy connecting with our local families in Kenosha too. I bet. I bet. Well, okay, so you you have this nationwide backpack program, which is great because, again, it's not just for the adopted child but for everybody in the family. Um, And then you said that you have some local uh, things that you do in addition to the nationwide efforts. Don't you guys have, like, these bimonthly free events that you offer? I think that's one of the coolest things that we do because, you know, a lot of these adoptive families – Many of the kids that end up getting adopted started in the foster care program, and they become part of the family. And once you're in the foster care program, there's a shortage of foster parents in our world. You keep getting called to help support more and more kids. So a lot of adoptive families have, you know, large families they're supporting. We put together free events in our community over six times a year that a lot of times are experiences they may not be able to do otherwise. So in addition to having it be fun, like going to a Brewers game or an Admirals game or a bowling event, a minor league baseball game, you know, we provide families an opportunity, more importantly, to build a network of people who are going through similar situations. So we have a whole database of people that um, have made friends at these events, who we've gotten to know at these events. And I'm actually excited about another event we're going to do locally in partnership with Bloom Family Designs. We're going to make over a room for a kid that we met at one of these local events. Ooh, that sounds exciting. Tell us more about that. So we got to know Bloom Family Designs through one of our nationwide partners, and, you know, we basically thought the, the backpack program was a nice surprise for kids. So we're going to take it to a whole new level. And we actually picked a local Kenosha family that we're going to do a room makeover for. So the kids have no idea. And actually, the parent that we met with had no idea that we were planning on doing this. Oh, really? We go to a lot of adoptions and bring a cake and celebrate it and take photos. And we dropped off backpacks at one family's house locally. As she was giving us a tour of her house, she said to us, well, I really wish I could do more with the kids' rooms, and I really wish I could do a study room. And we in the back of our mind go, this could be a pretty good fit. (laughs) So, you know, we surprised that mom and said, hey, we're doing backpacks, but you're getting a brand new room makeover. You're getting a brand new study. And it's a single mom with adoptive twin girls. And the girls don't know it yet. Uh, The mom does. And it was a pretty cool moment being able to tell her that. I bet. The financial relief, too, in addition to it, you're you're already having to budget and add a lot of cost to your families to have two kids move into your house. Yeah. But we wanted to alleviate some of that financial stress, and it's going to be a really cool thing to be a part of. It's kind of like Jockey's own uh, HGTV type type of deal, huh? You should get on TV for that. (laughs) Hey, there's an idea. Yeah, new show. You're going to head that up, Jake. I can just just tell. Um, Well, it sounds like you guys have a lot of really great initiatives. How do you sustain your efforts then? So one of the unique things that we do is actually fundraise through our stores. So we have over, you know, 90 retail stores across the country and our store associates do a lot of the fundraising for us. So when you check out at any jockey register, which I hope every listener is doing often, um, you know, our sales associates are trained to talk about the impact work that we do and ask if families would like to make a donation. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we've had everything from a, kid who is 10 years old and was adopted that brought in his allowance and donated to Jockey Bean family. Um, one of the cooler things we do are what we call double blessings. So mm-hmm. at our retail stores, we sell teddy bears for $10. Uh, 
But a lot of the stores and, you know, people that come to the stores frequently don't need their 15th teddy bear. So our stores will actually hold on to those teddy bears. The people still make the donation and we'll donate the bears all at one time to a children's hospital or mm-hmm. to a police department to go around and hand out to kids. So, mm-hmm. you know, our retail stores do an incredible job of raising funds. And then those funds raised go back to support our uh, nonprofit partners that are the real experts in the adoption field. Mm, that's wonderful. It reminds me of uh, Goodwill's uh, question when you check out, you know, do you want to round up? You know, do you want to round up to the next dollar? And uh, all that stuff adds up, and they're able to do great things. So maybe you'll have a Jackie roundup. I'm actually, if you look in my inbox today, I, <laughs> I kid you not. It's so a funny score. that it's a small world. I have an email to myself from a meeting this morning that says, we got to do roundup. Yeah, Because we actually, you know, we ask customers online to make donations, too, on our e-commerce side. And, you know, I think uh, a, a surprising amount of people do choose to make the donation, but no one says no to the Roundup. Exactly. So I'm like, we've got to get on the Roundup. I'd yes. love to do that at some point in Even the future. Even 20 cents, you know, 80 cents, a dollar, whatever, it all adds up. So, yes. Anything else you want to add, Jake, uh, that you want to share with our audience before we close the show? You know, I think it's just from my position, I've been on the side that was raising funds and I've been on the side – you know, when I was at the Boys and Girls Club, that was my job, trying to ask for companies like Jockey to support them. And now I'm on the side that's maybe not as difficult as raising money, but, you know, there are a ton of needs in our communities. I can't imagine how many things come across my desk. And I, I'm just honored to work for a company that has chosen to respond to those needs. And um, whether it's through volunteer hours or through giving back, I think it's it's something I'm really proud to be a part of a company that has chosen to give back. And, you know, if you want to support us, I think one easy way to do that is to visit jockey.com. You can purchase uh, some new underwear, socks, <laughs> T-shirts. We just have some great Made in America products come back out. And at the checkout, you can always choose to make a donation. All that money is going to go back to support adoptive kids and families in our community. Absolutely. And pretty soon you'll be able to round up so you can you can give in that regard as well. So wonderful. Well, very interesting. I think it was a great uh, insight to how organizations can partner with awesome nonprofits to help their advance their mission. So I want to thank my guest today, Michael Prudham, chapter president of the National Nonprofit Sleep in Heavenly Peace and Jake McGee, CPO of Jockey International. Thank you both for sharing how you're helping end bedlessness in our local area so that no child has to ever sleep on the floor again. So thank you for participating today. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, or if you would like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to learn more about the various ways people and organizations are making a difference in the lives of others, one person or one child at a time. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio, or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer, or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. I encourage you to visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows, or now you can listen on demand, which means you can tune in via Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. So I ask you to think again about that Christmas carol, Silent Night. Picture in your mind that child who is now able to sleep in heavenly peace because of the work of our nonprofit highlight today and because of corporate involvement like Jockey International. 
Maybe that'll prompt you to think about how you might be able to help be a part of that mission. What a great Christmas gift, right? One that makes a difference every single night. Reach out to your local chapter and see how they need help. Find a way to make a difference one person or, again, one child at a time. In the process, you'll end up being a blessing and giving a blessing all at the same time. Thank you for listening today and have a great day.